Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's uh, pray to get into the Word. We've got some things to deal with this morning. Uh, Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a very good amen? amen. Alright. Now, it's important to understand that in this month of October, we are having three services. Uh, which would lead up to our Faith Refreshers Conference at the end of the month. So every Sunday, I'll be teaching what I call Faith School. Every Sunday, I'll be teaching what I call Faith School, going over the basics of faith again. And then on Wednesdays, I'll be teaching Prayer School. So I'll be teaching the basics of prayer again. And we are introducing a third service on Friday, only for the month of October. And it's prosperity school. I'll be teaching the basics of kingdom increase. And so all three services just for this month alone until we get to our Faith Refreshers Conference. And it's important that you set aside the time to get your spirit in the word. Have faith in God. I'd like to start by reading Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Um, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. And we're going to take this gradually and see how the Lord leads us. And where the Lord leads us to. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Hebrews 2, 1. The Bible says, For this reason, we must pay much closer attention. And I want you to note the word, much closer attention. To what we have heard, past tense, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. We must pay closer attention to what we have heard, to what we've been taught, to what we've received, to what we've learned. It says, so that we do not drift away from it. Now, it's important for us to understand, and I've always told you, that reputation is safety. Many times, we get uh, familiar with the word and we allow certain basic foundations to drift. We just, we just drift. Now, the word drift means from the Oxford Dictionary a continuous slow movement from one place to the other. Continuous slow movement from one place to the other. Now, I want you to pay attention to that. The movement is slow. So, sometimes it's not very visible. I've always given this illustration growing up out, you know, in the village with my grandfather. My grandfather was a fisherman and a farmer. And you realize those canoes, when they carve those canoes, or you have your particular canoe, they always tie them to, um, to, to a stick. And the reason is because if you just leave your canoe like that, <laughs> by the time you come the next morning, it will be at the middle of the ocean with nobody necessarily paddling it. But just by gradual drifting, it would have gone in a direction you don't want it to go. Now, pay attention here. 
If you don't pay close attention to certain things in your life, you will begin to drift from the truth of God's word. For instance, uh, and, and we'll begin to you know, deal with some of those things during the faith school, we, we talk about confession, having what you say, the, the, the power of your words. And if you don't pay attention to that, after a while, you will not, you will not pay attention to your words anymore. You just say what you want. And so he says, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. What we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. Why do you have to write? Sometimes, you know, I encourage people to write. I think you should write. It's, 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 a, it's a basic discipline of discipleship. Now, it, it's not so you can just have something, oh, I wrote the message down. No, it's so you can go back and do what? Meditate on it. Right? Feed on it. Go back to your scriptures again. Feed on them. Read the word again. And, and as you're doing that, what's happening? Faith is building up in your spirit. So it's important that we do not allow the truths of God's word to drift. And that's why we started, well, actually started with Faith Refresher series a couple of years ago. Just, with, you know, teaching the basics of the word of faith again. And then uh, it became a conference. And why do we call it a refresher's course? Just to renew your mind. Refresh your mind. Bring some truths back again. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, to drift means a continuous slow movement from one place to another or be carried slowly by a current of air or water. Now, what I want you to pay attention to about the word drift is that it's usually, it's not forceful. It's not fast. So if you're not discerning, you will not notice it. You know, um, a few months ago, the Lord began to bring something up in my spirit. And I just realized, well, maybe I'm complaining about a lot of things so much. You know, you, you, you will not know. Before you know, you're just grumbling. Before you know, you're just complaining. Before you know, you're just losing heart. Before you know, you're not watching your words anymore. You're not watching your words anymore. What's happening? You're drifting. You're, you're moving away from the faith. You're moving away from the convictions that you know. And, and I've always told you this, the world was not designed to strengthen your conviction in God. Everything you watch will take away faith from you. Praise the name of the Lord. A few nights ago, uh, myself and Pastor wanted to go to the bed, so we just wanted to go sleep. And uh, we stumbled on, on a movie. Just, we didn't even know where the movie started. You know, we just saw this movie thing. And, oh, I just felt, oh, okay, let's just watch it. It's a few minutes, maybe 30, 35 minutes thereabout. And, uh, you know, by the time the movie ended <laughs> and uh, we were going to the room, I was just thinking. Because everything about the movie was this one trusted this one, this one trusted this one, this one now. Uh, the girl we thought was on this side was no longer on this person. I mean, everywhere was just, everybody was just deceiving everybody. You know, so, when I was lying down, I was just thinking. I said, if you, you know, if you feed yourself on these movies for a long time, you will just realize after a while you don't trust people anymore. I'm telling you. It leaves a deposit on you. Oh, it's just a movie. I didn't say it wasn't a movie. I just said that an information has been passed. And you must learn. You know, some people, some people say they are wise. They are wise by gathering of social information. 
You know, somebody has watched the Godfather movie series, part one, part two, part three, watched Matrix, add everything together and came out with a wisdom on how to deal with life. So I'm a very wise man upstairs. And that wisdom was determined by someone sitting somewhere in Hollywood writing how you should think. Now, I hope you understand me clearly. I've not said there's anything wrong with movies so that the next time you're watching your conscience will not deal with you. I'm just saying that we must be careful about the information we receive, pay attention, because something is happening to our faith. Either, listen, whatever information you receive, pay attention, it's either adding to your faith or taking away from your faith. No information is leaving your faith neutral. Praise God. Did you hear what I said? No information is leaving your faith neutral. It's either adding or taking away. Praise God. Now, um, the, in the King James Version, when it says we do not drift away from it, the King James Version uses, give me the King James Version, it says, lest at any time we should let them slip. Right? Lest at any time we should let them slip. When something slips from someone's hand, it just means the person is not paying what? Attention. Are we, are we, are we correct on that? If something slips from your hand, what will your mother tell you? Pay attention or look at what you're holding. You know, some people never agree that they are sleeping until the virus slips from their hand. Alright? Not, not paying attention. Not being attentive. And many times also in the teaching of God's word, you must learn to, to pay attention to God's word with your mind. You must learn to, be, because you can be listening to the word and you're not paying attention. You can be distracted. You're just hearing the message, but you're not paying attention. That's why, you know, if you listen to the message again, the Holy Ghost will begin to bring out certain statements and truths that you did not hear when you were in the service. That's why it's important to listen to a message. I've listened to a message this morning before I came to church. I listen to messages every day. Every day. Praise God. I said, praise God. How many of you have uh, picked up a message that was taught before and listened to it again, and you heard things you didn't hear before? Right? Has that happened to you? You know, a dear brother, a dear minister of God, was listening to a particular minister and uh, he was like, oh, this message, he worked in that ministry for a long time. He says, oh, this message is a blessing. Oh, I wish I was there. This message, ah, this message, oh my God. This message was a blessing. And guess what? The camera turned on the front row. There was he. He was sitting right there. He was sitting right there. Praise God. He was sitting right there. So it's important that we pay attention, the Bible says, to the things we've heard. The truths of God's word you've heard. You pay attention to it. And that's why we're teaching the subject of faith again. Philippians 3, 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. And why am I going through this? So that you don't know, oh, I know the scripture. I've read, I know faith. Philippians 3, 1. Look at what Paul says. Finally, my brethren... Rejoice in the Lord. 
He says, to write the same things again is no trouble to me. It is a safeguard for you. He says, I'm writing the same things to you again. He said, it's no trouble. It's safeguard to you. You know, sometimes you've got to repeat certain things. Repeat certain truths. That, you know, if you hear a lie long enough, you will believe it. Hello? Are you here? Say amen if you're here. Say good amen if you're here. Amen. If you hear a lie long enough, you'll believe it. How many of you, uh, what's, what's this thing they used to call, or a person maybe, Bush Baby? Yeah. How many of you know Bush Baby? You don't know Bush Baby? Am I the only one that knows Bush Baby? What, what, what is it called in your area? Okay, what's it called now? It's Bush Baby, right? That story, Bush Baby in school. You know, we believed it until we grew up. Okay, how many of you, okay, I know you now think I went to one very funny school. How many of you heard the story of India beating Nigeria 9-1? If you didn't hear that story, we would send you back to your childhood. How many of you heard that story? You know, and we believed it. If you hear a lie long enough, you'd believe it. The only thing that can cure a lie is maturity, knowledge. A lie is not cured by strong self-will. Because ignorance is loud. Praise God. What cures ignorance is knowledge. So as you grow up, as you mature, ah, no, that can't be true. You know, I used to enjoy wrestling growing up until I learned a few things about wrestling. Then I stopped watching it. And when I just learned, the, you know, I like to study things a lot. I studied the ins. I just said, no, 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 no. The way we used to feel for these people. Knowledge. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. So I said, champions are masters of the basics. Champions are masters of the basics. You do not become a champion by overlooking the basics. And that's why if you're a football person or you're a football fan, you realize that certain times when uh, crisis is beginning to hit a club, they bring a new coach, he probably will not do anything different. He'll just remind them to do the basics. Defend right, have your passes right, make your transitions right, Take your opportunities in front of goals. Every good player is a master of the basics. Okay? So champions are masters of the basics. You never outgrow the basics no matter how much of a professional you are. So in the Christian walk, never outgrow the basics. Don't be so mature that you outgrow the basics. Let, let me tell you this. Don't be so mature that you don't have time to go over your teaching notes again. You know, some people got so mature, they now say, you know, we are the church. And they no longer go to church. Right? Some people are matured above giving. They are matured above everything. You see, the sign of their maturity is that they don't do the basics anymore. Hmm? Some people have said, well, it's not by long prayers, so they don't pray anymore. It's not like by long prayers. Okay, it's by short prayers. They started with one hour, 20 minutes. Now it's one minute. Now, say, I pray in my mind. Praise God. You know, fundamentally, all mathematics, and, and that's it's important. Because even in my own personal life, academically, I, I, I kind of suffered from it. If you miss the foundation in mathematics, you're right, you miss your primary school can still be corrected. But if you miss your junior, you know, junior school mathematics, and then you miss your, you know, by the time you get to the university, you struggle a bit. 
Right? You just struggle a bit because you miss the foundation because all mathematical equation would still be from the foundation. Same thing with English. If you miss your punctuations, it'll show. Pay attention to foundations in your Christian walk. Never outgrow them. Never outgrow quiet time. That's why, I'll, and I'll say this with all humility, I, I, I do respect the ministries that run prayers all the time. It's a massive work. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy work to do, and I respect what they do and what God has called them to do. But I don't think that believers were designed to just hook up to someone leading them in prayer every morning. I don't think so. Once in a while, it's fantastic. But every child of God should have his or her own personal quiet time with the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you don't get plugged into people leading you all the time. You've got to have your own walk with God. That's where God speaks to you. That's where God instructs you. That's where God teaches you. Praise God. Can you say amen? Alright, so why should we study faith? Why should we study faith? First of all, there are six reasons why we should study faith again. Number one, we are saved by faith. We are saved by faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself, it's the gift of God. So, our salvation is by faith. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So, we are saved by faith. The believer is saved by faith. Number two, we live by faith. (laughs) Hallelujah. We live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, Behold, as for the impotent one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous one will live by his faith. Habakkuk 2 4. Or the just shall live by faith. And this is a very important uh, concept that I'm going to deal with. We are saved by faith. We live by faith. So the believer, and I would, as we progress in faith school, we're going to talk about this. Faith for the believer is not a principle. It's not a formula. It's a lifestyle. And that's where a lot of us miss it. To many people, faith is just a principle that they, they you know, it's like, uh, what's that thing called in your car? Is it a jack now? When your, yeah, when your tire gets up. It's a jack, right? Yeah. You know, you know, some people never know the, the importance of that thing. They just keep riding, keep riding, and keep riding. Keep driving, and one day, tire goes up. Then they open the boots. Then they start asking everybody around them, including the person who doesn't know them. But I thought the jack was here. They never. They were not conscious of it. They did not remember the last mechanic that they took the car to two and a half years ago. They now called the man. Did you see the? I need to. And 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 for most people, that's how faith is. They are never conscious of their faith until there is a problem. Once they are sick, then, and wait, healing scripture, by stripes I'm healed. Uh, Alright? Or they need something. No, faith is not an emergency tool you pick in the time of crisis. The just shall live by faith. It's a lifestyle. And we'll talk about it as we progress. God helping us. It's a lifestyle. Faith is not a formula to get things from God. Just to get things. 
Praise God. And you just realize for some people, it's all about, um, uh, okay, uh, uh, I need to have it. I need to have it. I need to have it. <laughs> See, the righteous will live by his faith. Praise God. I said, praise God. Alright. So we said, we're saved by faith. We live by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. <laughs> Praise God. You know, this is a very important verse of scripture. You need to spend time to meditate on it. We walk by faith and not by sight. In the natural world, sin is believing. In the spiritual world, believing is sin. Praise God. And, and now, I've, I've made a statement. It looks very easy. <laughs> but you need to spend some time on that. Because all your life, you've been trained to believe only what you see. In fact, you realize that as a child, maybe growing up, and maybe someone said something, you say, uh, I will not believe you. Say, show me. How many of you have incident like, say, show me. Then the person shows you. Even if you don't see it clearly, say, I did not see it clearly. I don't believe. You know, we are naturally trained to believe what we see. Which means that all your life, you have been living by believing what you see. Now, God is telling you, you've got to live in a different way. How are you going to live now? That you have to believe before you see. You think it's going to be easy? Hey, talk to me. You think it's going to be easy? How many of you, if you were married, your husband came to you and said, How are you, my dear? He said, Ah, God spoke to me yesterday night. He said, What did God say? God said, Let's go to a land. We say, Oh, thank you. God has finally said, We should jackba. To where? He said, To a land I will show you. He said, Uh huh, where? He said, To where I will show you. When will he show you? How many of you will let your husband take you to the park and you ask your husband, Where are you going? And your husband says, the Lord will tell us, just enter. Right? <laughs> That's why need to be studied. Because everything you're going to see in your life will be a product of your faith in God's word. And you know what? That thing will not be seen first. It has to be believed first. It has to be believed first. There is no one God used that he gave the complete picture. You have to trust God. You have to walk by faith. The Christian life is called the faith. It's faith. And that's why, you see... You need to learn the word of God so that you know how to navigate or live by his word. It becomes the very dictates of your life. So the word of God is not just, uh, it's Bible, it's, no, it's, no, no. It's your very life, Moses told the children of Israel. He says, and by this you will prolong your days in the land that you're going into. In fact, as I was studying for this subject, I was sharing something with Pastor that just opened up to me that I've never seen in the light. 
We'll talk about having faith in God and we're going to get there. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Number four, we cannot receive anything from God without faith. We cannot receive anything from God without faith. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. We cannot receive anything from God without faith. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. It says, Then he tossed their eyes, saying, It shall be done for you according to your faith. Matthew 9, 29. It shall be done to you. Did he say, According to my power? Hey, church. Did he say, According to my power? What did he say? According to words. Your faith. When the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of the garment of Jesus, did Jesus say, my power has made you whole? What did he say? Your faith has made you whole. What does that tell us? Pay attention. The power of God is constant. Your faith determines the distribution. Did you hear that? The power of God is constant. Your faith determines the distribution. Now, BUC, is it Bonnie Utility Company? Is it utility now? Alright, so you know, you can know the abbreviations of some companies and not know the full name. So, so BUC provides light here. In other places, is NEPA. But we thank God for BUC. Thank God we are not under NEPA. Oh, Power Holding. Sorry. They are, they are repented. Okay. <laughs> they should have changed that name because they hold power. All right. Now, you realize that there's electricity all over, but then we had to get a step down transformer, pull the power, you know, put the electric sockets. And if we put up these lights right now, we cannot complain that there's no power in the town. Right? We know that there's something wrong with our system. So the power of God is available. How that power works in your life is based on your faith. And that's why we have to learn about faith. It's based on your faith. It's not even based on if God wants it to work or not. God wants it to work for you. That's why he released Jesus. See, the greatest thing God can ever do for you in this life, he has done. And what's that? Sending his son to die for you. How many of you mothers, right? When your child has, you know, pulled you from all sides and you just say, what do you want? Do you want me to kill myself for you? You know, that statement is like, is that, is that the final thing? Because after you have killed yourself, there will be nobody to drag anymore. It's the same thing. What else do you want God to do? You know, sometimes the, when you see the way Christians pray, it is as if God has not really finished the work. And I've always told you, never approach prayer from the place of the victim. You know, I, I started reteaching certain things because I realized, I will talk about that, you know, this destiny helper thing. You know, certain times, things creep into Christianity that we place a lot of emphasis on and if we are not careful, the emphasis would now become a doctrine. So you, you get to a place of prayer and everybody's praying for destiny helper, destiny helper, destiny helper, destiny helper. And you know, people pull scriptures and they want to try to use scriptures to teach that whole issue of destiny helper and everything. And then I, I, I tell myself, but do you realize that the Holy Ghost is called our helper? Hello? 
How many of you know the Holy Spirit is called our helper? But how many of you know that many believers do not know how to receive the help of the Holy Spirit because they've, they've not been taught on the Holy Spirit as much as they have been taught about what? A so-called destiny helper. But, but the Bible teaches and places emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And that if a believer knows how to walk with the Holy Spirit, everything else will be settled. You must be careful of pseudo-doctrines that renders you incapacitated. You must be careful of them. The believer is never a victim. Hallelujah. Can you say that? I'm never a victim. I'm a victor. You must always pray that way. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> That's why sometimes I find it difficult to pray certain kinds of prayers. Hmm? And when I hear certain songs, some phrase jumps out in the song. <laughs> and I said, no, not saying that. You have to train your spirit to recognize those things. That are not consistent with the word of God. Are we saying God doesn't raise people to help people? Yes, he does all the time. But the truth of the matter is that if you would spend more time with the Holy Ghost, he will lead you and he will direct you. The helper you should be more acquainted with in your life is the Holy Spirit. How he talks, how he leads, how he guides. If you can walk with the Holy Spirit, he will lead you to the paths that you should take. Can you say amen? So, we are saved by faith. We live by faith. Number three, we walk by faith and not by sight. Number four, we cannot receive anything from God without faith. Number five, without faith, we cannot please God. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, we cannot please God. So, I'm just showing you, this is just an introduction to show you the importance of faith. He says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. You, you cannot please God if you don't have faith. And many people think faith is just strong will. I believe, I believe, I believe. No. Without faith, you cannot please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. If this if it's impossible to please God without faith, it means that you have to study and know how faith works. Praise God. Two ways I have always approached my teaching ministry, number one, I've always loved to study how things work. Because if, if you know how things work, you can actually be independent. Use the word independent. You can, you can do things on your own. And number two... I always teach people to have the same knowledge that I have. I always try to share the knowledge that I have, teach it in such a simple way that, it, that you can know exactly what I know. And that's why I feel that there is no subject in the scriptures that is too complex for a Bible teacher to teach that leaves people in, in confusion. Except he hasn't understood it well enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Except he hasn't understood it well enough. 
If the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him, it means that faith is important to God. If I say, for instance, without a white cap you cannot please me, it means that a white cap is important to me. You know, there are certain husbands who like their soup in a certain way. Right? Like their soup in a certain way. Some, some men are very detailed about how the soup should be. And some can even tell you where the, the meat should be. It should not be on the right hand side. It should be at the same. Some people who have that specification. And you know, you can, and you see, when you go to those homes and you want to serve the man, the wife will tell you, don't, don't. Since without the meat being at the right hand side, you cannot please him. So it means that's how he wants it. Some people who like their ever strong. <laughs> some who like things soft. Some who like it medium. I mean, people just have that preference. And that's what pleases them. Even though it's food, they don't just want food. Right? There are some people who like to be served in a very special way. Serve the food, serve the this thing, put napkin up top. If, I mean, just serve it. Right? And there are some folks who don't mind. They can walk into the kitchen, pick what they are, and be eating on their way out. But what pleases someone is what gives them joy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What pleases a man is what gives him joy. So without faith, we cannot give God joy. God wants to be believed. Dr. Mike Mundock says God's greatest pain is to be doubted and his greatest pleasure is to be believed. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why should we study faith? Number one, we are saved by faith. Number two, we live by faith. Number three, we work by faith and not by sight. Number four, we cannot receive anything from God without faith. Number five, without faith, we cannot please God. So faith is important. And and, and that's why... um, In the teaching of God's word, we take our time to teach God's word here because the importance of God, you see, your coming to church or coming for fellowship is not just to receive something. It's to learn the ways of God. You should know the ways of God. The Bible says God revealed his acts to the children of Israel, but he revealed his ways to Moses. You see, don't just be interested in the acts of God. Be interested in his ways. Praise God. You know, my son is believing for something. So, uh, so he told the mom, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting because I'm believing for this. I'm, I'm praying I'm believing for this. So he told the mom what he was believing for. You know, so when he came back from school, uh, the mom had to tell him that, okay, you're fasting for this thing. But these, 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 these are certain things you need to do if you really want God to provide this for you. Now, that's knowing the way. That's, that's trying to teach how God works. How God works. There's a way God works. You have got, you've got to know. You know, you have to know how God works. You have to know how God thinks. God wants to be known. He's not a mystery. Oh, God is mysterious. His ways are past finding out. If you study the word of God well enough, you can understand how God works. And, 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 and if you understand this, you will realize that Christianity is not a gamble. You are not gambling. It's not trial up. It's not like God is sitting in heaven just looking around, finding himself this Sunday morning and just waiting for who story he's going to change. 
You know, I taught a message in Ghana uh, while we were there last time on creating a new beginning. That a man, by God's word, can initiate a new beginning in his life. Praise God. You know, while he was getting to the end of this month, <laughs> I, I told Pastor Mary, I said, ah, I didn't use my faith for finances this month at all. I, did, I didn't really use my faith for finances. And when I was doing my personal accounting yesterday night, I saw my income was very low. Because I was not deliberate about it. I was not deliberate about it. It's not, oh, what is happening? Have they sat on my finances? No, 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 no. You can't sit on it. I didn't just pay attention to it. So I just got up this morning and put all the things I need together and put my faith and I know exactly what's going to come in month end. I know exactly where my finances are going to be. So anytime I started feeling a couple of weakness in my body, started, I mean, the, I just said, oh, I haven't been putting my faith on the line on this for a long time. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? This is very important. Can I tell you one of our greatest struggles as pastors right now? And I can tell you this, free of charge. Our greatest struggle as pastors right now is when, when people, sometimes even well-meaning people in this church, fall sick. The first thing people are thinking about is that it's a spiritual attack. And that's a big problem for us. It's a big problem for us. Because it's like when people fall sick, they drop everything we've been teaching them. Because that thing that you believe that somebody is affecting you, somebody is doing you, is so deep-seated that 10 years of teaching has not removed it. And let me tell you this for free. There's a reason God wants me to say this. And this is a word of knowledge for somebody. Immediately you believe that whatever is wrong with you, wrong with your father, wrong with your mother, is a spiritual attack, better take them out of the hospital because no medicine will work on them anymore. You've removed not just the power of God from working, but you've also tampered with medical science. I'm telling you. And usually, those people end up dying. If you don't believe God, at least believe Dr. Small. But to just, to just remove, and, and, and I'll tell you this, and immediately people start saying it's a spiritual sickness. The first thing your family does is detach you from the church where the word of God is taught. Are you hearing that? Then they send you to where they can walk it. Because the sacrifice of Jesus is not enough. You know, we have to walk it. And this is for someone here. Got to trust the power of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith. Okay. Uh, Number six. Six reasons why we should study faith. Number one, we're saved by faith. Number two, we live by faith. Number three, we work by faith and not by sight. Number four, we cannot receive anything from God without faith. Number five, without faith, we cannot please God. Okay, number six. No message heard will profit you without faith. No message heard. No truth of God's word. Hebrews. No truth of God's word will profit you without faith. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. The Bible says, For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just 
as they also did, but the word they heard did not benefit them because they did not unite it by faith in those who heard it. Ah! You see, this is the reason why a lot of people don't make progress. I've told you this many times in this church. God did not place anything that would help you outside of you. Everything that would help you is on the inside of you. Everything. Praise God. Everything that would help you is on the inside of you. He says the, the same message we heard, the same good news we heard, he says it did not profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. It doesn't matter who preached the message. That's why two people can be in a church and hear the same message and their lives turn out differently. Because they mixed it with faith. Or let me use another example. No matter, no matter what you read, right, if you don't put action to it, right, it won't profit you. You know, <laughs> interested, in school, when they would do, be doing classwork, some kids would be playing. They would not pay attention. They're not mixing the classwork with faith. Then they'll do classwork, 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 classwork. Then finally, they now give homework. Then when they get home, they now realize that, ah, this same example was used. But, you know, faith is action. You didn't put action to it. Or your teacher will tell you, practice these things when you get home. Keep practicing. You say, ah, don't worry. Until the exam is closed. You sit in the example, then you start remembering, ah! And he brought this one home, ah! And, <laughs> and as you leave the example, you know you're on your way to failing. No message heard would profit you if it's not mixed with faith. Praise God. Do you realize giving doesn't profit you if it's not mixed with faith? The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Right? Is that what the Bible says? Talk, talk to me now. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Did the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you know it will take you faith to believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive? Listen, as we are sitting here now, let's be honest. Do you think it's more blessed to give than to receive? I don't think so. No, that's what the Bible says, but I don't think so. How many of you ever testify of what you gave? You always, every time somebody give, blesses you, gives you something, that's when you feel blessed. Right? Hey, talk to me now. Naturally, it's when we receive that we feel blessed. But what does the Bible tell us is the blessing? Come on. When we give. Do you think it will require faith? When the offering basket passes you and you see your 10,000 naira there, you feel like waving, say, sorry, oh, I didn't plan, I planned you for meat before, but you know these pastors with their sweet mouth, they have collected it. When you give, it seems like something is going away from you. So it will take faith to know that, no, I'm blessed because I give. Can you see how faith works? Praise God. So, no message will bless you without faith. It doesn't matter who preaches it. And that's why sometimes I listen to some pastors and, and, I'm, and, and they say, this book changed my life. I'm like, which book? Then I go to my shelf. 
Some books, I have two copies. Like, I've read the two. It didn't change anything. I didn't mix it with faith. Praise God. Are you still here? Okay. So, that's introduction. Let's go to the main topic now. Someone say, that message is okay. It's not okay. This is faith school. Everybody say faith school. Alright. So, this, this month of October, you'll be loaded with knowledge. So, empty your head and your mind when you're coming. Alright. Mark 11.23. I'll show you something there. Don't worry, we're still on time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark 11.23. And I, I'm going through the basics so you can... We're re- renewing our minds. And it's also blessing me as I'm teaching. How many of you have heard Mark 11.23 before? Right. You know the story, right? Should we read the story? You know the story. Okay? Mark 11.23. Think we should read the story? Um, okay. Now, it's interesting, right? Uh, let me say this. I like, I like to teach on faith. Makes me happy. Mark 11. Let's read the story. We'll come here. But there's something I want to emphasize. And I want to get to something today before we close. Verse 12. On the next day when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. So when the Bible says, verse 12, when the Bible says Jesus became hungry, pay, uh, pay very close attention and don't miss this, is telling us a story not based on the deity of Jesus, but on the humanity of Jesus. So whatever you're going to see that's following this story is telling us that Jesus was operating from the place of hunger, which means he was human. That's important. That's very important. He became hungry. That's very important. Okay. I know some of you thought Jesus was never hungry. But he became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaves, he went to say perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came on it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for leaves. He said to it nine words. Right? May no one ever eat fruit from you again. Nine words. Nine words. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. That means his disciples heard him. He didn't say it in his heart. Because some of you, you don't like to confess God's word when people are there. You say it in your heart. Say, at least God can see my heart. His disciples heard it. Right? Now, I want to say something here. There's so much on my head. Jesus did not say, I curse you victory. You will not produce. I, I curse you. Nobody. No, 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 no. He just said, no one will eat fruit from you again. Please don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. If you have developed your spirit long enough, casual words actually become curses. You don't have to say, I curse my life. All you just have to say is, nothing ever works for me. It's a curse. Every, every time I... Every time. You, you have used every time for your life that you have consistently built a pattern of failure. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about faith and words. You don't need to say, I cost my life. Just say, I don't know why things don't always work for me. Always, always, always. So you don't actually have to say, I curse something to curse it. You just have to say words in a certain direction. Okay. We'll talk about that. Let's go. Go to verse 19. When evening came, they would go out of the city. 
And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cast has withered. Do you know what? When the disciples heard it, they were actually looking for the manifestation of it. If that fig tree had not died, Peter would have said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. You know, I respect you a lot. Thank God for your life and your ministry. Your ministry has blessed us, sir. But uh, this fig tree you said, <laughs> you know, there are some people that are just waiting for you to fail. So they will say God's word did not work. That's why you must not fail. Oh, li- listen, listen, let me tell you. There are people that are waiting for your Christianity to mess you up. So they will tell you, and we said this, your serving God will not pay. That's why you too will be foolish to not serve God well. One of the things I told myself is I must excel in ministry. Because I know many people that felt I took the wrong decision. You know, you're serving God. Now, people feel your life will be more blessed if you were not serving God. And then you too, instead of you to now serve God well. <laughs> how can you be a Christian and you, you, are the ones in, you are the one in the family people are mocking? What are you doing with your Christianity? And it's not about money. I'll talk about that. You see, you should have respect. The respect that is, that is bestowed by God. Rather, we are the ones, rather we are the ones feeling that, ah, if not that this Christianity is like this, we would have joined them. How can you be a Christian and be apologetic? You are apologetic for your faith. So Peter said, let's, let's concentrate on our faith in God. Apologetic, you are a pastor. Say, praise the Lord, you know God just called us. It's not really that we wanted to really do this work, but uh, you know somebody has to go. Somebody has to go. <laughs> so all your friends have text message of you asking them for money for the work of God. Say, bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. Month has ended. Anything God lays in your heart. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too big for the work of God. Are you joking? We've been in ministry, I'm not sure the number of years now, but we've been in ministry 15 to 16 years. There's no one person we've pastored that we've asked anything, any money, personal need. Not one person. Nobody we've pastored, nobody in 15 years can stand up and say we've coveted their gold, we've coveted their silver, we've manipulated them to give to God. Not one person. Don't be apologetic about the call of God on your life. I remember a dear brother here gave some amount of money and I called him. I said, because I kind of have an idea of what he used to give. So I called him. I said, oh, this amount came. Is this what you, want, what you really wanted to give? He said, oh, yes, it's what I want to give. I remember one time someone gave, <laughs> but don't call the office. You know, and call the office and say, ah. I mean, I'm giving an example. The title he wanted to pay was one five. So it's like he sent 15,000. You know, when you put more zeros than what you intend. So he called the office. Ah, that's not what he intended to give. I said, oh, get, get the money back to him. Don't call the office, though. When you have not paid your rent, say, sir, you want 20,000, it's, it's 1,200. We won't return anything. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, 
<laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? You know, you're not, it has entered the altar. You want to collect something from God's altar? What you have given? Are you joking? You think we are playing in this ministry? You want to, what God has collected? You want to, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You see, God has more than enough to take care of us. Oh, I said God has more than enough to take care of all of us. Let, let me tell you, if all of us in this building were millionaires, the lights in heaven will not go off. And that's what I'm teaching on Friday. Having a mindset of abundance. Stop thinking like a poor person. How does a poor person think? The first thing is the poor person thinks there is not enough to go around. That's why when you, when you go and eat, you see how a poor person eats. He will eat, even though he's feeling constipation. He will still eat because he says tomorrow he will come on Friday, prosperity school. <laughs> That's uh, what they used to call it. I don't know. <laughs> Quickly, my time is going. So, when evening came, they would go out of the city. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Be reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to him, What did Jesus say to Peter? This statement is life-changing. Now, pay close attention. Most times in the word of faith, and I, and I understand that, this statement has been interpreted as, literal Greek, half the God kind of faith. Now, there is a bit of an issue there. Because if you take it that way, many people now do not understand what Jesus was trying to, to say. So, I kind of dug around it a little bit. You right? And I realized that even though that's picked up from the literal Greek, um, have the God kind of faith, but in studying the Greek a little bit more further, what that statement was actually saying is have faith in God constantly. But literally, it is have faith in in God. Kenneth T. West, a Greek theologian, says the object of faith there in that statement in the Greek is God. He's the object. Which means your faith should be placed in God. Let me have the amplified version. Let me have the amplified version. Look at it. Did you see that? And Jesus replying said to them, have faith in God what? Constantly. No, now, pay attention to that word constantly. Pay attention to that word constantly. The reason is because faith ought to be a life. Not a formula that you use only when you didn't see fig, um, fruits from the fig leaves. That's why you realize that what Jesus said were just casual words, but they came to pass. Okay. Jesus did not point to the fig tree. Let's say, for instance, now, I mean, just, just, just an example, right? Let's say, I say, let's cause this fig tree, right? I say, we want to. No, should I have that? <laughs> Let's say we want to cause a fig tree, right? And I say, we want to cause this fig tree, or I want to cause this fig tree. How many of you know how I will cause the fig tree? How many of you have an idea? Hey, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. How many of you think you have an idea of how I will cause the fig tree? What do you think I'll do? I will point to the fig tree, right? I will speak words. Do you think nine words will be enough for me to just call someone? Oh, come on, talk to me, church. Do you think nine words will be enough? What do you think I'll do? I will curse it 
I will anoint it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We will build wall of Jericho around it. I will say, all the service team members, hold your hand. We are cursing this thing. Do you know like, do you, do you understand what I'm going to say? We are going to rev up. We want to curse this thing. We're going to rev up the curses. I realize that sometimes that is because of lack of power. But you also realize that when these herbalists want to curse people, they don't rev up. They just say, you will see. They just say, you will see. And that's all. You will be running here, Tasketa. He said, I will see. He said, I will see. You, you want to cause cockroach in midnight. You saw how you ransacked the house. It's lack of power. It's lack of power. Not a good example, but I remember of a guy that was troubling my, my granddad when I was growing up. Just fermenting troubles unnecessarily. So my, my dad, my granddad spoke to him. He didn't listen. Uh, called the family, spoke to him. He didn't listen. So he just told them that if anything happens to this boy, nobody should come and beg me. They kept him. So one of these days, he just looked at him. Guy came to the compound, fermenting trouble. You know all those people who just like trouble. He just looked at him. So he said, go to the market. That was all. Guy went to the market. As he was sent, removed his clothes. And he's been in the market ever since. So he said, eh, are you not paying for your father since? No. But what I'm trying to say is I've seen firsthand when power backs up words. Didn't have to be powerful. Didn't shout. Now, there's a reason I gave that example. Not a very good example, but there's a reason I gave it. Those casual words you speak, if you know angels act on them, you'll be more careful. But it says, have faith in God. So it means Jesus spoke those words. And, and somebody say, and, and I'll just say this, right? It's just picking some people's thoughts about this. That why do those things work on people? Two things. Number one, Satan is the, is the God of this word. And Satan wants to, people destroyed. Satan doesn't want people saved. So whatever words that are negative, he acts on them to bring destruction. That's why you must never aid Satan in your life by your confession. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The angels of God can only act based on the word of God. So if you're saying anything outside of the word of God, you are licensing the enemy to act on it. That's why I'll tell you this. Pay attention to what I'm saying too. Anybody that always says, this always happens to me, this always happens to me, this always happens to me, watch their life. That thing they talk about, they will have a recurrence uh, experience of it. Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. This is serious business. It's serious business. Go listen to what I taught last Faith Refreshers Conference. What I taught on the law of words, right? Go listen to that message again. You know, give NST to it. Go and listen. A three-part series I taught on the law of words. I remember early days when we were practicing, learning these truths, myself and Pastor Mary, we were holding ourselves accountable. <laughs> words are powerful. And, and over, we've trained ourselves to the point where 
Right now, we don't take, we don't take certain jokes. You know? <laughs> Something happened some few days ago. <laughs> I was practicing this. Right? I usually keep some water by my side. And uh, she walked to the room and she said, this water, don't be keeping it here. It will, it will pour, pour on your books. I said, ah, no, it won't. Right? So, two days later, water poured. So I just went to her and said, Madam, <laughs> Madam, anything that concerns me. <laughs> now, somebody might say, it's just coincidence. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because her spirit is trained to bring what she says to pass. Let's say, but what about if I say money? Why is it that money does not come? But I say, eh, we have accident. Ah, we have accident. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. When you said money should come, you don't really believe in your heart it should come. But when you said, I pray accident does not happen, inside of your spirit, you are really conscious of the accident not happening. Which means what you really believe in your heart is that accident, not the money. You don't try fit. You know, when I was preparing this message, God began to deal with me on church growth. And he said, son, you teach the word, you, 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 do, you do the right things. But you know, you never put your faith out there for numbers. Because over the years, I've always said, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. And I was like, oh, okay. Now watch us grow. Watch us grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm reading the word again. I'm feeding myself. And you see, once that faith is built up, you will be surprised where the people will come from. You know why? Because over the years, my consistent discipline in ministry have been to trust God for resources to get the job done and not to beg people for it. And I can tell you, every project that we have initiated, God has supplied we're about doing something right now in another city, just talking to people about, about it, people are giving towards it. Now, I realize my faith, and, and, and I, can t- I can sit here and tell you, I'm trusting God for this amount of money, and I won't blink about it, and the money will show up. You know what? Over the years, I've built my faith on that. What about if I've used that same faith? Now, I believe for our ministry to spread, and our ministry is spreading. Right? But I'm talking about numbers in our church. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? And it can be that way in every area of your life. Alright. So, have faith in God. Right. This is the, the worst expanded translation. It's, it's taken almost closely from the original Greek. It says, and answering, Jesus says to them, this is how it's, it's read in the Greek, be constantly having faith in God. Be constantly having faith in God. Remember what you said, that faith is a life. Be constantly having faith in God. Be constantly having faith in God. Okay, now, I I want to finish this. Come with me to... So, the metaphor was used among the rabbis. Faith is regarded as the normal attitude of the heart, not a sudden emotion or isolated act. That's what I want to pick. Faith is regarded as the normal attitude of the heart, not a sudden emotion or an isolated act. So, to the Jewish rabbis, they don't see faith as, 
you know, I have faith. I'm having faith for this. They don't see it as an isolated act. That's, that's really what I want to pick up. Right? They see it as a lifestyle. Uh, let me explain. Uh, what can I use now? Okay. Uh, let, me, let me say this, right? Let's say... I, I don't know if it really works in our country, though, because I don't listen to news a lot. But let's say the president... Okay, yeah, I think it works. Uh... When the current president came into power, I think on his inaugural speech, he mentioned that fuel subsidy had been removed. Right? Now, that's debatable because some people said it wasn't him that removed it. It had been removed by the previous government. They didn't have money. Leave all the economics alone. That's not my, 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 my subject. But because he said, well, there will no longer be fuel subsidy. I don't know the particular phrase he used. What happened the next day in the market? Hey, are you in Nigeria or you are listening from UK? You're in Nigeria. What happened? The fuel prices went up. Now, do you realize some people said, even though he, they had removed it, he should not have said it? You see, the fact that the president said it, let's assume, okay, it was, in quotes, it was even a careless statement. He just said it out of passing. Because he is the president. Because there is power that backs that office up. That word would carry a ripple effect. I don't know if you understand. It's like the president just stands up now and just says something. You know, the nation is going to react to it. So, case in point. Let's assume before he became president. Right? When he was uh, campaigning. You saw all those videos they were bringing. You know, all those... Interesting videos they were bringing about the president. You realize that immediately he won the election. As it is. Right? What happened? All those videos disappeared. Where were they bringing them from? Because now with power vested on him. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? Every word he says carries what? Authority. When you are born again, that's what Jesus did to you. If we are conscious of this, we can talk our way out of any trouble. We can talk our way out of any situation. We can talk our way out of any problem in this life. But you know the problem? We talk our way into it. Have faith in God constantly. Proverbs 3.5 Next Sunday we are going to talk about the four things people have faith in. Instead of having faith in God. Make sure you don't miss any series. Make sure you are in church on Sunday. I thought I'll get there today, but I, I won't get there. And I don't want to rush this. Have faith in God. Put your faith in God. Don't put it anywhere else. And I'm going to explain carefully on Sunday four things people have faith in. And these four areas, you must consciously take your faith from this area and place it in God. I'll give you an idea into what we'll start with next Sunday. Let me, let me say it now so that and I was telling pastor about it because you know some of these things as I study them the Lord teaches me more. Let me give you an example. We're going to start with it on Sunday. But I will explain this verse. But we'll start with it next Sunday. Right? Number one on my list is money. Mm-hmm. And let me explain. Let me give you a statement. Go home, think about it, come back on Sunday we'll have a discussion on it. If as you are seated here, you feel that if you have more money, your life will be better, you don't have faith in God. 
And I like the way this Baptist church is quiet. What did I say? As we are all here, even me as a pastor, you know, that's how God deals with me first of all. He said, son, if you think that if you have more money, you will do more in ministry, your faith is not in me. Where is my faith? See, that faith you have placed that with more money, you can do more in life. Go and carry it from there before next Sunday. So that you'll be comfortable with the message. Go and carry it from there and have faith in God. It's very subtle, but I realize that a lot of believers' faith, including ourselves as pastors, is if there is more money, we can do more for God. No. If we have more faith in God, we will do more for God. And you know what? That faith in God will produce the money that we need. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, if you get this, your life, you will be free from the love of money for the rest of your life. The issue with every one of us is more faith in God. You know why? Simple. God does not need money to get anything to you. And if you believe God, <laughs> he can get any amount of money to you. Alright? Someone say, hey, but the Bible says money answers all things. We will explain it. When he says money answers all things, did he say you should carry your faith and place in money? Have faith in God. Meditate on this. Have faith in God. Let's, 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 let's look at this. Now we can begin to wrap up. Hmm? So we look at four areas. People have their faith. Trust in the Lord with how many of your heart? I didn't hear that. What does all mean? No, all is everything minus nothing. That's, that's the full definition. <laughs> what does all mean? That's the full definition. That's our KDCC church dictionary definition. That means that if you're trusting the Lord with all your heart, there is no part of your heart that is trusting in anything else. See, this is a big statement. Because we can all sit here now and feel like I'm trusting God. I trust God. Oh my heart. Until your uncle now calls you and says, Sorry, I can't help you again. Say that is the problem. That is the problem with human beings. Where God has hey, I thought you said, I, I thought you just said that all your heart is in God. So if all your heart is in God, why is the fact that somebody disappointed you, why is it breaking your heart? So all your heart was not in God. Part of your heart was in God and you have already told God who to touch because you know who has the money. So you gave God part of your heart, then you, part of your heart is with your uncle. Trust in the Lord. With how many of your heart? And do not lean on your own understanding. What does the word lean mean? To, to rest or to depend, beautiful, or to rely on. That means God is saying, if you trust me with all your heart, you are not relying on your understanding. 
Don't rely on it. Take your reliance. Put it on me. The greatest challenge to faith is that we want to tell God how to answer our prayer. That's the biggest challenge. And that's not trust. That's not trust. And this, this is big. Have faith in God is big. Because you know what? As we are all seated here, we all have issues with total reliance on God. Praise God. <laughs> it's like God says, go to one village and start a church now. Hmm? You know it's God that sends you. You know it's an all-powerful God, but you now ask yourself, to live this life. First question we ask is who will send me money? Hmm? If you are a young girl, who will, who will marry me in the village? Do you want to go and be doing singles meeting with villagers in the farm? Have faith. So you, you don't believe that God can bring somebody. You see, the truth of the matter is that when we talk about the subject of faith, we must be honest that our faith is not totally in God. Trust in the Lord with how many of your heart? All your heart. And do not do what? Lean. Don't rely. Don't depend on your word. Understanding. Depending on your understanding means you're not putting all your faith in God. Because your understanding is going to lead you in a different direction. Praise God. Your understanding is going to lead you in a different direction. Have faith in God. God is the object of your faith. And, and why, are we, why are we emphasizing on that, on, that, on that phrase? Because God, Jesus, was telling Peter, if you want to replicate everything you've seen me do, it's going to be because you have faith in God. I did this because I have faith in God. Praise God. So let's go over. We're done. Just want Let's go over why we should be intentional about studying faith. Let's go over it again. That's the key for today. Number one, why should we study faith? Just look at your notes. Why should we study faith? Number one, we're saved by faith. Number two, we live by faith. Number three, we walk by faith and not by sight. Number four. We cannot receive anything from God without faith. Number five, without faith, we cannot please God. Number six, no message heard would profit you without faith. Praise God. And I hope you got all the scriptures for this, right? Yeah. And then we said, having faith in God means what? To have faith in God constantly. Have faith in God constantly. And we're ending with saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. All your heart. And lean not in your understanding. Okay? So we'll pick up from here on Sunday in the four areas that people have faith in that they need to transfer to God. And we're starting with money. So we're going to deal with four areas on Sunday gradually and extensively. Let's pray. Father, we humble ourselves before you and we repent of areas where we've put our faith in other things other than you. We'll come before you today. 
that you engrave these words and these teachings in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Say good amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.